From News Chopper 11, hovering just outside the Crab Nebula, it's Nerd News from Asteroid G. You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Uh, Josh Schaefer. Queen Bee. And Bex. Uh, we are doing nerd news today as it's the start of the new month, and it seems like, you know, we always need to discuss the news. So the news is, of course, once again, the coronavirus, which uh, all the other countries seem to be succeeding at controlling just fine. But the USA has to be number one. USA, 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 USA. And then you have to get short of breath because you have the coronavirus. But um, but we failed. I mean, technically, we flattened the curve, as um, a couple of different political commentators have noted. We just flattened it by taking the curve back up again to where we started at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yay? I mean, we had to be number one at something. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's either that or the highest uh, per capita incarcerated citizens, so... I mean, it is, we were just at the store, Becky and I, and it is nice to see that a lot of people are wearing masks. Not everyone, which is really fucking annoying, but a lot mm-hmm. of people are. They still seem to be having issues with the idea of social distancing. Pe- most humans apparently don't understand standing six feet away from everyone else. Yeah, that's why you just do weird stuff to make them want to go six feet away, like rub your chest slowly while you look at them. Uh, yes, baby. Oh, that, that's an idea. I mean, yeah. everyone's... <laughs> I think about the fact that one dude wandered around, like, and took had someone take pictures of him in Facebook, just wandered around head to toe dressed as Mike Myers. I mean, not the Austin <laughs> Powers Michael Myers, but the actual Michael Myers. Uh, yeah, I've, those have been pretty funny. My favorite's the Plague Doctor, though. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> People will still avoid you. It works. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's foreign to me, though, because I have a very large space bubble. So automatically, I just want to be six feet away from people no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I mean, a lot of people's problems are is that they're just not freaking mindful of anything. No, yeah. no. The Americans, they're just kind of in their own world and want to do what they want, and that's it. Americans are kind of selfish at times. Mm-hmm. Really? Kind of selfish? What? But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like we've been dry-fucked real hard. <laughs> Wow. So that's like, ac- that's about the most accurate way to describe this <laughs> I think I've heard. I was I was talking to somebody at work yesterday about um how uh maybe it was two days ago, it doesn't matter, but um how Trump's pretty much using the same uh slogan as he did in twenty sixteen, the make great America great again. Yeah. And how ironic it is because don't you think if he wanted to make it great, he's had three and a half years to do that, so yeah. why would you want to make it great again? Yeah. I know it's but I told him that I think like, a better slogan okay, would be... Yeah, right. But I told him that a better slogan would be this time we'll try to use lube with an asterisk <laughs> afterwards. Well, the one that I just saw on Facebook but... was the fact that they're also doing America First again. Oh, But they're yeah. doing it with a uh, very Nazi-style like logo of an eagle above the a circle of the American flag. Are you yeah. serious? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, Jesus. Yes. So what's funny, what's funny about that is uh, I can't remember where I read this at, but someone did an article on that and the Trump campaign literally just found random stock images to make into t-shirts. And that was one of them. Oh my God. So, so either they knew that it was, was a Nazi 
iconography. Is that how you say iconography? I- I- iconography. Thank mm-hmm. you. I knew that wasn't right right when I said that. Talk to the um, artist. We know this word. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in media communications, we just called them icons. It's just it's clip uh, art. We, it's clip art. <laughs> we we studied it for two weeks and moved on to exactly to how to write a paragraph. Well, you're in, in media newspaper. communications. You would think that you wouldn't have to be told not to do Nazi propaganda. Right. Yeah. Like we never covered that, so. <laughs> I guess it's okay, but... <laughs> Things to avoid. Well, obviously, we don't need to tell them not to be Nazis. They should just know that. Right? <laughs> Mike, in today's world, <laughs> we might have to clarify to our president that we shouldn't be using Nazi iconography. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, you know, and there, is, there is a benefit here of how much the Trump campaign is failing at everything right now the administration, mm-hmm. the campaign to follow, is the fact that, like, for the first time in his presidency, he has consistently been below 40% job approval. Oh, yeah. Like, I think yeah. the coronavirus is the last... Mm. Coronavirus the is... Last the, straw. It, it's the straw that broke the camel's back, and a lot of conservatives are turning away, and they are, they're becoming never Trumps instead of, like, Democrats. They're not really Democrats. They're just... They don't want Trump in office and Biden is the lesser of two evils. It's like last election, but in reverse, basically. Yeah, I think what we're going to see kind of going forward, and this might be another four to eight years, but I think we're going to start seeing a flip-flop again, like what happened when the Democrats and Republicans flip platforms. Mm-hmm. I think the Republicans are going to go more towards moderate Democrats, and the Democrats are going to go much more into the socialists yeah well what we need what we honestly need in this country is a system that would support three political parties at least Mm -hmm. like if we had that if we like if and we will when states beyond maine allow for ranked choice voting but we need a system that does ranked choice voting across the board so that we can have a po- political party that is hard conservative that no one votes for, except for like the white supremacists and they never get into office except in Alabama. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you have the moderate centrist party, which would honestly, it would steal some Democrats, but it would steal a lot of Republicans. And then you'd have the far right or far left party that would be, you know, the, the liberal uh, wing of the party. Um, and maybe the liberals wouldn't have as many seats at this point, except in places like California and New York and yay. Um, <laughs> but it would feel more balanced at that point. And then you'd have a lot of coalition governments and you wouldn't have one party or the other. You'd have people actually having to negotiate with sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I like the parliamentary system that yes. the UK and Canada has. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, I'd be okay with that all, except for the fact that the way that our government's constitution and rule of law is designed, you really need an opposition leader to, to the people in the House and the Senate. That way you can't have one party run the board and push through a bunch of shit that half the country doesn't agree with. Yeah, and that's my biggest issue too yeah. is how it's like the House is like, okay, well, 55% of people want this. Yeah. Well, we're just going to sit on it because it came from the House. Yeah, Senate but, and House, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean... Like, I get what the what, what the parliamentary system does, um, and it's supposed to be its own check and balance because the people are supposed to vote, you know, a party out of office when they're misaligned with the 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 whole of the country. Unfortunately, as uh, Britain and Brexit has proven, there's a flaw in that plan. 
Oh, <laughs> I think yeah. I, I think you are better off having parliamentary system for like the House and Senate or House of Lords and lower chamber or whatever you fucking call it. Um, but having an opposition, like having the ability for someone to be elected in who's in opposition to that is a better check and balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah. And then you but... have states like Montana, which will elect lower chamber people who are Republican and still vote people in for president. They're Democrats. Montana is weird. Montana. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've driven through that state once. <laughs> <laughs> it was very pretty though. It was. So um, do we have any other politics that we want to talk about? I mean, I know that the protests are still going on, even though you can't see any trace of it anywhere at this point, which is irritating. Well, I'm kind of curious about the rumor that's been going around about uh, Trump possibly dropping out. That would be amazingly happy. Yeah. I would be so happy. I mean, he could, except for the fact that they don't have any other candidate that's getting electoral votes. That I like. I don't know. Like, I guess up until the convention, he could drop out and it would be fine, because um, they could ele- they could do a floor vote for someone else and Trump could just push his votes wherever. I mean, they could push it towards Pence because Pence is actually more unelectable than Trump is. Yeah. So as the as proven by the fact that if he hadn't dropped out of the governor's race in Indiana to go be vice president, he would have lost in ruby red Indiana. Like, yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> with, with great difficulty yeah so but if if he decides he drops out after the convention then it's a problem because the way that the systems are set up you can't well and even still like there's a certain cutoff point where you can be on the ballots and i don't know if we've already passed the rubicon on that i'm like, not i'm not sure how that works i think yeah. if trump were to drop out like uh, it would totally fuck the Republican Party, yeah, regardless. I, I'm just I'm not sure they can actually run another candidate at that point because he wasn't like if you're not on the ballots for the primaries, I'm not sure if you can be on the ballots for the general. Yeah, I'm not sure because I I would assume that Pence would just fill that spot like if he were to die or something like. Yeah, I mean uh, technically Pence is on the ballots because he's part of the party, yeah. a part of the the part of the ticket right now. Yeah. If Trump jumped out, dropped out, the only person that could run for it would be Pence. Pence is unelectable. Like, yeah. like, even before Trump dropped below 40% job approval rating, even before a bunch of other stuff, there were a bunch of people on the Republican side was like, yeah, it's a good thing Trump's running, because I wouldn't vote for Pence. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's where we're at with the Republican side. Yeah, I mean, this is, I'm pretty sure this is the last breath of the Republican Party. I'm hoping. Well, I'm hoping that it is because I'm a Democrat, but it would also be nice if, like, the far conservative side stopped having such a strong voice. Yeah, like, I'm cool with, like, I I don't really consider myself a Democrat. I'm, like, I took the one of those. You have to be because uh, the the Republican Party doesn't align with you anymore. No, well, I'm further left than that, like, like, I'm more aligned with, like, the social Democrats than the. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Because you didn't used to be. Before, like when I was younger, I always considered myself a centrist, but that line kept moving further and further to the alt right. So I was like, eh. yeah. But centrist as you experience, what it used to. No, and when you experience more life and see more shit that's fucked up, like <laughs> it, it's it's hard to, you know, just be like, oh, I'm just going to be a centrist, yeah. you know, because like before, like I would consider myself very socially liberal and pretty fiscally conservative but now fiscal conservatism is not 
you know, we're not going to tax a lot. We're just going to tax the poor a lot, but not the rich. And now corporations are people. So that's fun. We're not going to tax them either though. So like that's, yeah, and it always... Oh, sorry. No, I didn't. I was done. Okay. Yeah. To me, it's like the fiscal conservative stuff. It, it, it always feels like a short term. It's like, okay, what's fiscally conservative right now? It's like they don't look at how spending money now will actually save in the long run either. No, yeah, because exactly. like with fucking homelessness, um, if you actually give people little, little tiny houses to live in to try to clean up their lives or, or whatever, they, they can get jobs. They won't be going to the emergency room and costing money to everybody else because they... They're not going to pay for that bill. Right. So, yeah, where's it going to go? It's better to at least give somebody a little bit of a hand instead of like having it fall out in the long run where it's harder to see the direct trace of it or whatever. It's just like, well, eh. yeah. there was a story a few years ago on the Daily Show. I think this is actually when Jon Stewart was still in charge, um, where of all the states, Utah, Salt Lake City, but in Utah, <clears throat> actually did that. They set up, um, either they built or they bought a bunch of uh, apartment built, uh, like a whole complex. And they made it uh, free uh, free housing for the homeless. All they had to do was go and apply for jobs. Uh, and like within, I think it was like they, they noted within six months to a year, any resident of that place eventually had a job, had an improved lifestyle, and was making enough money that they actively wanted to move out and get their own place so they didn't have to be on government funding anymore because it felt good to them to be able to afford to live somewhere else. But mm -hmm. just by having that free housing and the opportunity to have an address and apply for jobs, they built their life up and got off the system. So, yeah. like, you want to be, like, fiscally conservative... That's the way to do it, where you, you lay out a little extra money up front and you save yourself money and help improve lives in the process. Mm -hmm. But that's not what conservatism is about. Right. That's not what conservatism is no, about. No. And I don't even think conservatives understand what their, what their actual party mission is. It's anti-abortion, anti-gay, fuck the world. Is what it really uh, comes out to. What it really comes out to, exactly. Uh, keep uh, oppressed. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. They say it's about small government. It's not about small government. That is what it was way back in the day when the party was created. Now well, and, it's about yeah. how mean, can it, we oppress everybody but the white man? Let's be honest. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. the rich white man, no less. Yeah. 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 So, and that is why everybody hates us right now, all Americans, because regardless of whether or not you're a Democrat or a liberal or a Republican or a conservative, they only see what Trump is portraying right yep. now. And I mean, Europe has now said, we don't want Americans coming over here. I mean, I'm in this country and I don't want Americans coming over here. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and it, it's basically, it's just one of those things that we have lost pretty much every single ally we've ever had. Mm -hmm. And they've basically kicked us to the curb and said, until you clean up your shit, you're stuck. And I think Republicans are now starting to understand, oh, damn, they mean it. Yeah, yeah they do. Mm -hmm. They do yeah. mean it. Like, uh, well, thank, thank you, Europe, for yeah. being thank the parent that we need. Who <laughs> voted for Trump and put that idiot in office because now we're stuck until we fucking fix it. Yeah, which we hopefully will in four months. 
Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the coronavirus is going to keep us inside until that idiot is out of office. <laughs> well, and then if if Biden's elected, we're still looking at least at six months from there. Because I mean, if if assuming he puts through executive orders that mandate that the country goes into lockdown again, um, it will still take time for the virus to slowly burn itself out among the people that have it, uh, and you'll have pockets of resistance for idiots who don't want to go inside. Uh, and even with a vaccine that might be available at the end of the year, it takes time for that to get distributed. Even if, like, what Biden is, like, brought into office on January, what, 21st or whatever? 21st, yeah. Yeah, you're still looking at, at until at least July of 2021 before a lockdown could be lifted. So, at the mm. minimum. We... <laughs> okay, well, that's politics and nerd news, but yes. there is actually some nerd news. Yes, there is. Um, One of the things that we want to talk about that we arranged beforehand is the fact that Disney has decided that they really fucked up with the Star Wars series. Um, and it's about, I know, it's the movie specifically. Episode 7 made like $2 billion, which they were super stoked about. But then Rogue One only made half of that. Uh, the Last Jedi made a decent amount, like up, up, Close to episode 10, but not as good. But it was hated by certain portions of the fan base. Um, and then Rise of Skywalker made even less and was hated by basically all of the fan base. Um, plus there was Solo, which was the first and only box office bomb in Star Wars history. The only place that Star Wars is actually good is on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Sure. So Disney has decided that the best thing they can do is say, well, these set three movies, uh, episode seven, eight, and nine, they exist, but they're going to exist in a pocket universe, and we're just going to reboot and do a different set of sequels at this point. Like, the original movies still exist, the six that George Lucas made, but, but everything after can just be new again. Okay. Thoughts? Like, I would really like to see someone do that but like with the same actors <laughs> just <laughs> sign contracts for all three of them again and do a completely yeah. different set of stories yeah because <laughs> i i don't want daisy ridley to be screwed because you like her i feel i feel like she got a bad rap like she was given like the shit thing that she had to do go play a mary sue and sell it mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, she was great i loved her uh, and yeah, and I just feel like between her and that that other chick that got all that that dumbass backlash, Tran. Yeah, Rose Tran or something. Ro- yeah. Rose Tran. I, I keep on wanting to call her Doctor Tran, but that's Doctor like, Tran. I, I, I don't Dr. think Tran. that they should actually do that. I think they should d- take it in a different direction and bring in Ahsoka as a character and follow that oh. storyline and be maybe follow the other care, like bring the other characters to live action. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, what was his name? Jason and, uh, all the ones from the rebel series that they did animated, bring that in. Bring, uh, let's just, follow those characters. You, you said, what? you said, bring, bring someone into live action and make them actually like real and so forth and well acted. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, like, like someone else to play uh, Anakin Skywalker. Oh. Yeah. You know, they're considering <laughs> bringing him in to do um, a, a, a backstory for Vader. Ugh. We already had Vader's yeah. backstory. We don't need more shitty Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I agree. We don't. I, agree. I think uh, that they should just push push it back all the way to the beginning like during the knights of the old republic 
Yes. That's yeah, because like, they have they have a couple different eras they can play around in. They they have the, yeah. the old republic that they've told a few stories in, but there's still plenty of room to do something with it. And they have what they were going to launch last year, but they've pushed to sometime this year, the High Republic, which like is what a thousand years before the George Lucas movies. Something think, like yeah, yeah, something like that. So it's like I think it needs. I think it needs an entire new story. I. I said this on the site when I wrote an article about this a couple days ago, but I want to see them do something like The Far Republic, which is like uh, a thousand years after the sequels and so forth, and just like actually have uh, technology upgrade for once and do like maybe not Jedi and Sith, but have like the, the battle lines be drawn differently or like have multiple factions or something. Um, just because like if you want, if you look at it, the technology of the old republic is exactly the same as the technology of the george lucas movies like they literally have a ship that looks like the millennium falcon in it like four thousand yeah. years in the past we had like you look at the industrial revolution it's been 140 years and our world is completely different you're telling me they can't upgrade anything in four thousand years right no it's yeah, impossible no. oh my god yeah so i want to see them <laughs> go a thousand years in the future and i want to see a technological jump I want to see a Far Republic that looks different than the movies we've seen, but still has, like, the Force and laser swords, so it still feels like Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to the Star Wars universe that's, like, expanded in novels and comics and whatnot. Yeah. And the fact, like, there's no reason to be stuck in this Skywalker saga. Like, you can use his ancestors or whatever, like... Don't care about that, even though they kind of, I think, fuck themselves I, over with not giving him kids. But it, it would be funny if they just, if they were yeah. just like set it four thousand or a thousand years in the future, and like a random bartender they talk to for five seconds is like Jedi Skywalker, and then that's all you see of them, and they just move on. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it's irrelevant of whether or not that the uh, Skywalker name comes from Ray or Luke or Ben or whoever. Like, like I don't know, like this. I'm a pretty big Star Wars nerd. I love it. Um, but, like, the original trilogy is obviously top tier, and then I liked Rogue One, but everything else has been kind of, eh. Well, I liked um, the, the, the the thread that was put in uh, The Last Jedi that was basically ignored by the next movie, where oh, the idea yeah. that, like, the midichlorians or whatever you want to call it, the force itself still exists outside of these people that had it so that new force sensitive people are growing up and you don't have to have the same incestuous Jedi cycle over and over again. Yeah. 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 And that, but they just completely trashed that movie and they even, they even left while they were doing it and it just made last Jedi even worse or not last Jedi. uh, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker even worse. Ep nine. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't disagree that something needs to be done because they they are right. They drove, under the leadership of Kathleen Kennedy, they drove that movie series into the goddamn ground. But, and and all the blame relies on the studio head, Kathleen Kennedy, and J.J. Abrams. Mm Because they should have seen this shit coming. (laughs) So... And I mean, she she fucked up Rogue One because apparently it had a darker tone and a different ending, and she didn't like that. 
And then uh, she fucked up Solo by getting rid of, like, the brilliant Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Like, how do you fire them from a project? Right. Yeah, even MTV is sitting there going, wow, we really should have kept these guys around. And they're giving them more episodes of Clone High 15 years later. Like, Which is amazing. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Clone High. So, like, the simple fact is, like, you had these guys on there, and instead you decide to fire them and hire the very workmanlike dude from Happy Days. Like, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. Yeah. Ron so, Howard. Ron, thank you. Ron Howard. I mean, and Ron Which, Howard is a fine director, but that's the best I would describe him. Yeah, he's fine. He's good for sitcoms and, like, yeah. I, I can't think of a movie where I was like, wow, Ron Howard did a great job directing that movie. I mean, Apollo like, Apollo 13 was a huge success, but I think that was more on the story than the way it was directed. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that yeah. you had Tom Hanks, and it's really hard to direct Tom Hanks badly. Yeah, Tom Hanks and uh, yeah, Darius Tom Denise. Hanks won't let you direct. No. no, no, no. He'll just take. Oh, he's a big enough star. He's one of the few A-list stars we have. Like, I think it's him and Tom Cruise, basically the two Toms. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and neither of them will let you direct them poorly. Sometimes Tom Cruise goes too far and takes over the project too much, but Tom Hanks has a good eye and knows how to get good stuff out of the material he's given. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with that. So. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I've seen a, a lot of movies come out from Ron Howard, and most of the time you see the trailer and you're sitting there going, that looks perfectly acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, he doesn't do a bad job. I like no. Ron Howard, but yeah. like, I wouldn't say he's like an Alfred Hitchcock or... No, no. You don't sit there going, that's very Howardian. <laughs> yeah, he's better than Mike, like on the Michael Bay scale, he's better than Michael Bay. I will watch a Ron Howard over a Zack Snyder any day. Yeah, he's better than <laughs> Zack Snyder. Like, he's... He he's a great narrator. We know that. There's like, our one Zack Snyder trash for the episode. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, like uh, like Star Wars needs to do something because, like, J.J. Abrams did the Star Trek movies before, or at least one of them, I think. But he did too. He did he did yeah. a pretty decent uh, uh, Star Trek, and then he did the oh my god, why are they giving us the same crap from a few movies ago? Uh, Into Darkness, which is. I mean, a knock against J.J. Abrams, as we saw with his Star Wars movies, that's his style. He sees something that he liked from his youth, which in this case was Wrath of Khan, and decides, hey, you know what? Let's just remake that. Yeah. So. When he's successful... Keep in mind that J.J. Abrams was not a star... He didn't even know what Star Wars was. Star Trek. Star Trek. Uh, he, yeah. he also didn't know what Star Trek was. I He's thought he not... actually knew Star Wars. Yeah, he, I no. thought he was a pretty big Star Wars fan. Nope. Oh. He was not. He was okay. not uh, either a Star Trek fan or a Star Wars fan. He was brought into both of them at a fairly older age, um, kind of introducing, we'd like you to be the director of. He was, growing up, he was totally hardcore Logan's run. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, like... <laughs> I think in order to take some of these bigger nerd properties, especially with how volatile the Star Wars fans are against their own Oh my god, yeah. Fandom. Like they're they're very gatekeepy and Well and I, I, I think that touches upon a problem right here. You could take you could make a bunch of movies set in the High Republic, you could set a bunch of movies in the old Republic, you could set a bunch of movies in the Far Republic. If it's movies, the fan base is going to probably rebel against anything. Like oh, yeah. the, the only reason why the Mandalorian is as well received as it is is because it's on TV and expectations are lower. 
So yeah, and it's yeah, also I helps since it's good. I mean that that's a that's a thing right there. They need to just take everyone who's been in charge of the Mandalorian and set them to yes. maybe possibly do a movie. I mean, granted, there's sure there's risk there because doing a TV show is different from a movie, but mm-hmm. I feel like they know their shit. Well, they do. Yeah. The guy in charge of the Mandalorian is John Favreau, who uh, is an enough, uber nerd. Yeah, he's an uber nerd. Sometimes he turns in workmanlike products. There was that movie um, Chef, I think, that was kind of okay. Uh, Zathura is not the best film in the world. And Iron Man 2 is a knock against him. But he also did do Iron Man uh, mm-hmm. and has been an advisor on many of the early Marvel movies. Like, Iron Man is a great, fantastic fucking movie, and it shows what can happen when John Favreau cares about the material and isn't rushed. And I think Mandalorian shows that same level of care. When he's invested in the material, and he has time and the clout to do it his way, he does fantastic work. Yeah. Yeah. And and, I, and that's what I was going to say. I think in order to get these properties off the ground again, it, you need to have someone who actually appreciates the source material more so than just wanting to make a paycheck or just trying to appease a studio or a certain sect of fans like yeah like and that's why i liked ryan johnson because he actually like that was the only movie that felt like a star mm-hmm. wars movie was mm-hmm. and it felt that like was a very most... different one but it still felt like a good movie yeah it was a good it was a good sci-fi yeah. yeah yeah and but like you know and it's really hard too to use the same characters because you know, like they're like, oh, we didn't want Luke Skywalker to die. Oh, we didn't want Han Solo to die. Oh, we didn't want Princess Leia to die. It's yeah. like, well, I mean, like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, they said that this was going to be a new generation. Like, they're not just going to keep the old generation there. Like, yeah, this isn't the old New Republic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the other big news that we have, since I kind of feel like we've talked that out enough. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to end up being one of the longer podcasts for it sure. Is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We have the Batman. I am Batman. Um, I'm Batman. So we have Ben Affleck, who, after leaving the DCEU, the extended universe for DC mm-hmm. Comics, uh, and saying, I don't want to play this Batman anymore, he has, after going through the process of like seeing what Zack Snyder was doing to do with the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League for HBO Max which I am going to hold my opinion on until I see it, but it is Zack Snyder, so I'm not sure how much I can hold that opinion. Um, and then we have... Uh, okay, so he's he saw what happened there, and the reason why he walked away from the Batman originally was because he did not like the executive meddling from the studio uh, trying to change what he was going to make for the Batman movie he was going to write and direct. So, after seeing how it went with Zack Snyder's Justice League... He feels that HBO is more supportive and he has signed back on to playing the Batman for HBO Max and will do some Batman project or multiple DCEU projects or something for HBO Max. Which I guess in one case means that the Zack Snyder Justice League is going to be the incontinuity Justice League, which I don't know how that makes me feel. But also it confuses me. And I will let everyone else jump in on this in just a second. But... It confuses me because we also have the Matt Reeves-directed sparkly vampire Robert Pattinson The Batman coming out in theaters sometime next year, depending upon when coronavirus allows it to happen. Uh, And then we have, as was rumored recently, uh, Michael Keaton being courted to come back as his version of The Batman to play star as a kind of leadership role 
for a new group of heroes, specifically The Flash, in a very Batman Beyond-style era based on the Tim Burton movies. And I guess that would uh, mean that the uh, Joel Schumacher movies would be out of continuity, which I'm okay with. Um, so, that's three Batman projects, all of which are basically theatrical quality, and would probably lead to three different Batman being on the big screen, assuming the Ben Affleck Batman would show up in, like, a later Wonder Woman or Aquaman or something. So I'm like, is that too much Batman for the big screen? Yes. Okay. Why? Maybe just well, a bit. It's, it's saturated as hell. Like, <laughs> and this, is, this is the problem that Warner Brothers, I think, has always had with their film franchises. Okay. Is that it's like, okay, well... We're going to release Batman with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Oh, that made a lot of money. Let's do a sequel. Cool, the sequel is all right. Let's do another one of Batman, but let's change the Batman around. And that kind of... They, they like love the, Batman. They, yeah, they just love Batman. It's, yeah. uh, they they it's, tend to feel that Batman is the only bankable star uh, superhero they have, despite the fact that Wonder Woman was better received than anything starring Batman recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, like, there's so many characters and this is what i think marvel's done i think i've said this on other podcasts too but um like marvel has really crafted a world around these superheroes and they have like a good way of like bringing them in taking them out bring you know and kind of having generational changes with the superheroes but like warner brothers is just stuck in this we need all of our films to be 1980s dark gritty reaganomics type shit like mm -hmm. Like, that's all we can do, and it's like, here's Superman. Oh, he's going to be dark and gritty now. Here's Wonder Woman. She's going to be dark and gritty. Here's Aquaman. He's going to be dark and gritty. Here's Green Lantern. This is just going to be a really shitty movie. I mean, and to be, to be fair to DC, when they realized the DCEU was failing, they, they put out, they have in development Wonder Woman 1984, which looks like it's not going to be dark and gritty. It's very day-glow candy-colored. They had yeah. Aquaman which was done by the Fast and Furious guy and was about as far from dark and gritty as you could get. Um, bright, sunny, very candy-colored when it was underwater. And you had Harley Quinn, which was dark, but only dark because it's Harley Quinn in her Bart Birds of Prey movie. Uh, but it still had a candy-colored, weird, day-glow aesthetic and a lot of humor. People might not have liked it, uh, but the critics loved it, and I'm sure it's going to do well on home video once people actually understand what the movie is. Yeah, so, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, well, at some point oh. you can. So. Yeah, I'm really excited for the Michael Keaton one mm -hmm. because I mm -hmm. think he will be absolutely amazing, and I'm He's, a completionist, yeah. so <laughs> I want to see I want to see him age into the Batman Beyond that he can be. Um, I think he's going to be amazing. It promises a Batman Beyond universe, which I think would be cool to see on the big screen. And if the Flash movie works, I'm sure they'll do an actual Batman Beyond where he, like, finds a Terry McGinnis to take over the actual mantle. Um, but it also means that if they want to do something uh, in the vein of a true Dark Knight Returns, like, Frank Miller-style movie, but hopefully better written, uh, they could do that as well because they actually have a character who's the right age for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So... I actually think the Michael Keaton one has a lot of promise. And I like the fact that they're ditching the Joel Schumacher movies and they're just be like, you know what? These two here worked. Um, mm -hmm. And they're even talking about having Michelle Pfeiffer come back for that one. Ooh. Yeah. I'd yeah, be definitely, I mean, that. That's awesome. Michael Keaton was my favorite Batman. He's a great yep, Batman. Too. Yeah. 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 
Well, I mean, I'm kind of sad I mean, that I, Heath Ledger is gone because having like Michael Keaton against the Heath Ledger Joker would be actually kind of cool. Yeah. That would have been epic. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan of Tim Burton. I know no. you are, but I'm not a huge I'm fan not. of Tim Burton. But I do. I fucking um, hate Tim Burton. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tim, Bur- Tim Burton was okay until Planned the Apes, and now I cannot stand his goddamn scissor hands. Fuck that oh, guy. Oh, damn. Okay. That, that was a step <laughs> too far. Tell us how you feel about Mike. Um, <laughs> I have, on the podcast so... before. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I do like Michael Keaton as the Batman. He is also my favorite Batman, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I yeah, and I agree him with Heath Ledger. Oh, my God. Would've that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there is other new nerd news other than than Batman. There is a new Facebook layout. If anybody is on, oh yeah, oh, yeah. they launched like a it. month or two ago, and it, I guess it's now the the layout, and it's okay. Um, there is a new like we really need this right now. A new World War Three real time strategy game, uh, up to sixty four players called Conflict of Nations, <laughs> where you can nuke people. Like, Yay. we really need that right now. Thanks, 2020. And <laughs> um, uh, there's a new Alien versus Predator franchise being talked about right now, where they're going to reboot both Alien and reboot Predator. I mean, so, I heard about thanks, that. Disney. Yeah. Well, I mean, I heard about that. I heard that Marvel had gotten the comic book rights to, the, to both sets of characters, which yeah. I guess is okay. I mean, Dark Horse did a really good job with them, like, shepherding that franchise for decades. So I'm a little sad that Dark Horse is losing the rights to it, but I mean that was inevitable. I'm sure every franchise that is owned by Fox or Disney at this point is going to fall under the Marvel banner eventually. So like, well, they did use they did lose like up and around what twenty five billion dollars over the last four months because of having to shut down. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. 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 They got to find ways to reboot mm-hmm. things so that they can actually make some of that money back in the yeah. fourth quarter. But I'm just, I'm just um, thinking, like, eventually, I'm not, I know Dark Horse doesn't have the rights to Buffy anymore. I think right now it's, what, with, like, Image or IDW or something. I would assume, like, as soon as that contract ends, Buffy's going to move over to Marvel as well, just like Star Wars did, just like Alien vs. Predator did. Um, and I'm not opposed to the idea, I mean, we tried to reboot it ourselves. I'm not opposed to the idea of Alien getting a reboot, especially if they do it under the 20th Century Studios instead of the Disney label, because then it will actually probably be R-rated. I just... I struggle with the idea of, like, having seen what they've come up with for the Aliens movies and how much trouble we had trying to come up with a reboot that worked for Aliens. Where do they go with those franchises at this point that is actually going to feel fresh or interesting? But, Mike, maybe they listened to our podcast and they got some few ideas. Listen to Asteroid G, now online. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And the last little bit of nerd news, The Princess Bride has been, uh, I guess, pieces of the story have been redone as home videos by A-listers. I heard and they've, that. Uh, they've put it onto Quibi. I haven't watched it I yet. I didn't watch it, yeah. Um, but some of, the, some of the A-list actors are pretty decent, so maybe if I'm really bored one day, I'll watch it. Um, but, no, no. you know. I'd be curious. There, there yeah. you go. There's some nerd news. Um, for oh, all the so, extra nerdy stuff going on in our lives. Nerd news to was, end the podcast. What were you going to say, there was actually something that I just remembered. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Buffy, uh, and we were talking about the DCU. Um, did you guys hear that Joss Whedon is in the news for being an asshole again? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you didn't hear that. Joss, what do you do, do you want to tell the story? Yeah, so from what I understand, anyway, this is just off the top of my head. 
Um, the guy who played Cyborg in the uh, Justice League movie, uh, what was his name, Ray Fisher? Yeah, that's right. I think. Um, which, which, let he, me say, Ray Fisher sounds like a superhero secret identity. Right? Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> Ray Fisher of uh, Central High School. Yeah. Um, hold on, I'm trying to see. Yeah, I was right. It was Ray Fisher. <laughs> um, I wanted to quote quote him in a tweet that he did, and okay. I didn't want to misconstrue yeah, yeah, what yeah. he was saying. Word for word it. Um, but he tweeted that Joss Whedon was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable as far as his behavior was concerned on uh, the set of Justice League. I'd heard that. Um, and yeah, then and... to follow that up, apparently stories are coming out now that he, the reason why Cordelia doesn't show up in season five of Angel is because Joss Whedon got super pissed mm-hmm. at the actress Charisma Carpenter for getting pregnant during season four, screwing up his plans for season four, and so he fired her and wrote her out of the st- a, a season after her contract expired. Yep. What um, an asshole. Yeah, yeah and apparently... Uh, Kevin Smith involved himself too uh, because uh, some uh, visual effects people were telling him that uh, he was just being an asshole instead of Justice League and uh, just shitting on everything that Zack Snyder did, which I, I give him a little bit of a pass for. Um, <laughs> well, Zack Snyder, yeah, Zack but... Snyder stuff, but the rest of it. But it's it's the thing of you know of all, like I'll accept Ray Fisher's story because he was there. I'll also accept Kevin Smith getting it secondhand from someone else because. Say what you will about the movies Kevin Smith produces, he seems like a genuinely honest dude. Yeah, like, yeah. even though he verbally accosted he, me for no he, reason, well, I will tell you, like, he seems honest. He like, verbally I don't accosted you, but he did it in a genuinely honest manner. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he might be personally a dick, but he's an honest dick. He's a completely which I can honest respect. dick. <laughs> I can respect that. Mad props. <laughs> so, yeah, so Joss Whedon, once again on my shit list. Yeah, and it's just kind of sad to me because, like, the more that comes out about him, like, I always thought he was kind of like a... Yeah. I don't want to say a feminist icon, uh, but... As far as a dude could be, you know? Yeah, but it's just kind of like... It just seems like the more that comes out, it's just like he wasn't really trying to uplift women. He just liked... It was like a weird Louis C.K. sexual fetish type thing where... Yeah, he just just likes writing about young women. Yeah, so... Which, we I could mean, overpower him. Like, if you hear these stories and then you go watch Dollhouse again, you kind of see it. Yeah, now that yeah. you say that, that's that's kind of like a weird yeah. puzzle piece yeah. click. That clicks right into place, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Woof. <laughs> so, and my, yeah. my ideals of famous people are suddenly brought to the forefront and it ruins my entire ideology about them. Yeah, right? This, like, is, why, there's this some... is why I'm not a fan of many people. Yeah, there was what? What was it? Ansel Elgort, that that guy from like High School Musical or whatever, who then was in the uh, Baby Driver. Uh, he's oh, just yeah. been accused of like sexually assaulting like a seventeen-year-old girl back in the day after Baby Driver came out, like uh, like courting her online and then like ha- uh, having like sex with her when she didn't really want to. And God, there's a lot of terrible people in Hollywood. Dan who was on that 70s show, he was my favorite character on the 70s show, Mm -hmm. to find out that he's a major rapist. That's not necessarily a great thing either. Yeah, it's going to be hard to go back and watch. Good people, man. Going to be hard to go back and watch that 70s show. Going to be hard to go back and watch Baby Driver, which was already difficult because there was already another rapist in that movie. You can't watch the Cosby show anymore. Well, I didn't anyway, but. You know, he was always creepy, too. His love of pudding and those sweaters, you could just kind of tell. 
Well, yeah, you know, he loses points for sweater vests. Um, <laughs> Those really awful sweaters. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a fan of sweater vests at all. No. Uh, but, you know, I mean, what happened? I mean, Harvey Weinstein, that's one of the biggest, you know, pinnacles of mm-hmm. he was the Democratic a dick, Party. Yeah. He may have been a dick, but he was the biggest liberal supporting the Liberal Party for a long, long time to come out that he's some major... Yeah. yeah. Raper. Yeah, rapist. Totally. Yeah, Hollywood it, it, sucks. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, like, I feel like this has always been a thing, mm-hmm. like, even since the golden age, like, like, there's always, like, sex scandals and, yeah. well, who was a Fatty Arbuckle that, that was having sex with that chick and crushed her to death? Yeah. Or That's something like... I will say Fatty Arbuckle is fun to say. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> um, I feel bad about that, but it is. I know nothing about this particular person, and now I don't even want to know. Anything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He was a comedian in like uh, uh, the I, early, like pre twenties, I think, like the early nineteen. I think what it just says is that people can be good natured, but the second you give them money and power, which Hollywood does, mm-hmm. a lot of humans become shitty assholes. Yeah, like all yeah. that shit that's coming out about Ellen right now. <laughs> what? What, Ellen? Is there more bad news about what's going on with Ellen? I know about something about her show might possibly be ending or something. Yeah, so there's all this stuff that came out. Um, like I think it was about a month or two ago. I don't know. All my timelines oh, so are kind se- of... You're not joking. You're actually being serious. Yeah, so okay. apparently she's just a really shitty person and treats everyone like shit wow. on her set and stuff. Yeah, like I'm not going to go into it because... There's a lot of anecdotes, like firsthand anecdotes, where it's just how she's a terrible person, and that she's sucks, pretty much. She seems so nice. No, yeah, and like, if you just Google um, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, like I can't like Twitter. Um, there was a guy that that was uh, collecting firsthand experiences with with them. Wow. Let me see if I can. I'm gonna pause and see what that. Well, I will say that pretty much everybody has, they have good days and they have bad days. And so there's always that chance that, you know, you're going to catch Oprah on a bad day. It's possible. Um, I've had bad days. I'm generally a nice person, but you can catch me on a bad day. Um, And then there are the people who are extremely changed by money in Hollywood or, or it doesn't even have to be Hollywood money. It can be any kind of money. And well, they get changed, and basically, it's it's an addiction. Well, having thing, money though. is an addiction, and you become kind of asshole shit. When when you know? Oprah does it, one, she's a badass bitch; she can get away with a lot. Uh, but also, <laughs> after she's an asshole to you, she'll probably just buy you a car because that she's a compulsive gift giver. Like yeah. you get a car, and you get a car, and everyone <laughs> I fucked over gets a car. But um. But it's like, it, you look at that and you're like, okay, but Ellen, like, she fucks you over. And then what? She's going to do a little dance off for you? It's not really the same. <laughs> it's not really the it's same. It's not really the same. <laughs> look under your seat. Oh, look. I'll give you a dance. It's not no. <laughs> you now turned Ellen into some kind of lesbian lap dancer. That wasn't mind. what I was applying. <laughs> turned into? I think she already won. Completely <laughs> different vision of Ellen. So thank you and don't ever do that again. <laughs> anyway, do we have yeah, anything but, else? Um, this no, is this the is most a... entertaining nerd news I think we've ever done. There you go. 
Yeah. So, so then this but has also, been, huh? Um, just so it was uh, Kevin Porter, the comedian okay. who started that. If you needed to splice that in, yeah. Excellent. Cool. Mm. Oh well, one one thing, one last little bit, I guess. I'm never going to be able to go on for hours. That's right. Buckle in. Uh, Starbucks. It it seems. Were they assholes to people and then gave them cars? No, it it seems like they might be using less syrup in in their coffees. Anecdotally. Anecdotally, so watch out for that, y'all who who do the Starbucks. We've had a few coffees recently that have seemed less sweet than normal, which in our opinion is actually a good thing because Starbucks uses way too much sugar syrup in their coffees. Yeah, like I usually have to ask for half unless I know I'm going to go right home, in which case I just like, you know, thin it down and it lasts me for four days. The barista on Lafayette Road (laughs) who is now making the Starbucks with less syrup. Okay, and with that, I am cutting us off. This has been Nerd News from Not So Live with Asteroid G. I am Mike Finkelstein. I'm Josh Schaefer. I'm Queen Bee. And I'm Bex. And we will see you next time. Bye.